They said it was forbidden. They said it was dangerous. They were right. Introducing the paranoid American homunculus owner's manual. Dive into the arcane, into the hidden corners of the occult. This isn't just a comic. It's a hidden tome of supernatural power. All original artwork illustrating the groundbreaking research of Juan Ayala, one of the only living homunculologists of our time. Learn how to summon your own homunculus, an enigma wrapped in the fabric of reality itself, their power at your fingertips, their existence, your secret. Explore the mysteries of the Aristotelian, the spiritual, the Paracelsian, the Crowleyan homunculus, ancient knowledge lost to time, now unearthed in this forbidden tale. This comic book holds truths not meant for the light of day, knowledge that was buried, feared, and shunned. Are you ready to uncover the hidden, the paranoid American homunculus owner's manual, not for the faint of heart, available now from Paranoid American. Get your copy at tjojp.com or paranoidamerican.com today. Hello and welcome to the Juan Juan Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, consider signing up for the Patreon. There you get ad-free content, early access, exclusive episodes, and monthly supporter hangouts. You can find it at patreon.com slash the Juan on Juan podcast. If you don't like the subscription-based models, there are other ways of supporting the show that are linked in the description. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy this episode. podcast with your host Juan Ayala. Welcome to another episode of the One on One podcast. I'm your host as always, Juan. Make sure to follow the show on social media at the Juan One podcast on all social media platforms. If you're listening to this on YouTube, make sure to like, comment, subscribe, and if you're listening to this on on the RSS feed, make sure to leave us a five-star review. It's free. And for those that want more of the show on a more frequent basis, want exclusive episodes, make sure to check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash the one on podcast. On this episode, we welcome Brett Lewis. We cover a few different topics. Talk about the organic simulation, Gnosticism, religion, psychology, the mind, Rand Corporation, Mind Viruses, Manifestation, AI, all that good stuff. You know how it is. So make sure to check out Brett's work. And thank you all for tuning in. I appreciate you. Enjoy this episode. Welcome to the show, Brett. How you doing, man? Doing great, Juan. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, for sure. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, Brett, and where people can find you and what you're all about, man? Yeah, so you can find me right now on YouTube, Brett Lewis, and then on alternative channels, Brett Bender. Uh, I dealt with a little bit of trouble from YouTube for discussing things along the lines of Isaac Cappy. Uh, So that's why I have 
two names, two personas right now. And um, what I do on my channel is I combine real world analysis along with the metaphysical. It's the combination of the masculine material and then the feminine metaphysical. It's something that our society has gotten too far away from where they're just focusing on the material with this religion of science that we're finding. So I'm out here to correct that issue. So I'm, I analyze basically how the control structure works and how things operate in just like a more of a almost a simulation Gnostic theory kind of sense. So are we in a computer simulation or... See, I like to think of it more as like an organic simulation. Like on my YouTube channel, I have something, it's called the frequency matrix is what I call it. Basically like human brains were set up like radios and like we tune to whatever the dominant frequency is. And right now we're tuning to a frequency that's, you know, not ideal. I call it the sad frequency, which is an acronym for Satan, Ariman, and the Demiurge, <laughs> when we should be more focused on a God frequency. And the reason that I put it in an acronym like that is because people have these weird stigmas with, with each one of those words. Like you say, oh, Satan, you sound like a Bible thumper. Demiurge, the Christians don't like that because it's Gnostic. But at the end of the day, they all describe the same thing. Mm -hmm. And that's what people are way too focused on right now. Um, and I actually go into it further by dividing people on this material plane into three different archetypes. Uh, are you familiar with like the Gnostic book, the Pistis Sophia? The Pistis Sophia, yeah. I, Gnosticism is what I cut my teeth on, I guess. It's, it's my bread and butter. That's what I first started going in on. So I'm very familiar with Gnosticism, yes. Nice, good, yeah. Because in that book, it talks about that there's three different people. There's the Helix, the Psychics, and the Pneumatics. Now, the Helix, they're the people that are just obsessed with, like, the material realm. They just think of, you know, basic things like the entertainment industry, um, the sports game, stuff like that. And then the Psychics are the ones who, like, kind of know that something's going on, but they're not quite sure what. And then the Pneumatics are the ones that are obsessed with truth, and they just want to gain gnosis and spread knowledge and stuff like that. Now, that's basically what the PC Sophia says, but I've taken it, like, maybe into a slightly, slightly different direction. Or, you know, most people, they talk about NPCs. Majority of people are basically helix or whatnot. I disagree. And I believe that the majority of people are more like psychics. And I believe that the helix are kind of like the vacated ones spiritually. And they're the ones who act like psychopaths. They're the ones who, like, when we were dealing with mask mandates, would freak out and, like, almost, like, attack other people who weren't wearing a mask. But that, that encompasses a very slim minority of people. I'd say the majority of people, they were just going on to get along. They didn't actually, like, hate people who were going against these agendas, these psyops that were constantly hit with. And in that line of thinking, it's like that actually gives us a chance to get more people on the pneumatic side, the truther side. Because how on earth are we going to change this world if we think that the majority of our brothers and sisters are NPCs, our robots, our helix? And I, I don't just say this because I'm trying to be overly optimistic, but it's just what I've noticed that if you get someone one on one, despite like how knowledgeable they are of the outside world, you can really get through to them. Is this something you've encountered in your life or do you think the majority of people are just NPCs? No, I, I, I don't go as far as that. I've talked about it before on my show, the NPC theory and how it relates to simulation. Now, I discuss a lot of things on my show and I don't 100% believe everything that I talk about, right? I mean, I'm here just to discuss and have an interesting conversations. And when you start to get into that realm, it can be sort of dehumanizing, but it would make sense from the simulation point where there are NPCs. Now, 
the argument for that and the evidence, some of the evidence that people present is the, some people don't have an inner monologue. There is a large percentage of the population that doesn't have an inner monologue that doesn't think inside their head before. And the thoughts that they're thinking is just what's coming out of their mouth. I don't know about you, but I can think in my head before I say anything, but some people apparently can't. Now, is that proof that they're not, they don't have a consciousness or whatever it is? I actually did an episode last night. I have this other show called the occult book club where we talk about different obscure pieces of literature all throughout history and it was a story about Descartes and how he allegedly figured out how to transmute his soul and step out of his soul and while he was out of his soul out in outer space for those that want to believe in outer space or not or this other dimension they were trans they were going into other dimensions and on different planets on different celestial spheres and it plays into the Gnostic view that Every single orbit is a different dimension ruled by a different archon or demon or whatever it is, this force. And as this, as he was out of his body, astral projecting or whatever it may be, back on his body, there was a little homunculus. I don't know if you've ever talked about the homunculus or, or know about it, yeah. but this little watcher, for a lack of a better term, and, and that's part of talismanic magic like if you read the picatrix and a lot of these grimoires where you're able to call upon this entity to watch over your body as you're astral projecting or as you are exploring this other environment they watch over your body to make sure that that empty vessel doesn't get taken over by something else now the topic of the homunculus is important in this because crowley wrote about it and he wrote about how up until the second month of gestation a fetus doesn't have a soul and there was a way to invoke a other worldly spirit right into this fetus of this woman through a ceremonial sex magic and etc cetera, etc cetera, which is again tied to gnosticism as well sex magic because they were accused of doing all this heretical all these heretical things right yeah the but, compound in sicily there especially. yeah so this idea that another worldly force can take over your body and you look like a regular human being. I mean, I, I, it's a very, <laughs> it's a very controversial thing to talk about because I do think that it goes back to what Plato talked about. I do think that some people are in that cave and not because it's all by design, dude. I mean, that's what Plato's Republic was about. It was about not conforming to society and falling in line because he understood that the art spoke to the soul, whatever that is, the soul is a real thing. And as long as he kept that under wraps and structured society and allowed people to intake what they wanted. And you know, the philosopher Kings or the elites or the lizard people or the Illuminati, whatever you want to call them, the reptilians, whatever they are, as long as they were able to control what people were intaking, it would keep that soul at bay. It would keep it down to where if you received inspiration of some sort, you were wanting to break out. And that's exactly what happens. We see that in the movies like The Matrix and movies like this where he wants to, he breaks out of The Matrix and he is able to defeat, you know, in, the, in one of the timelines that he's on, he's able to defeat them or whatever it is. And there's that one character, right? The one that eats the steak where he goes, ignorance is bliss. And I know this steak is fake, I'm still going to eat it. I'm still going to have a good time. And I think that as long as 
people don't achieve that platonic savior where you're able to separate yourself from this materialistic world. It's all done by design, bro. And I mean, it is a very Gnostic thought because that's the whole, that's their whole premise that the Demiurge was mad at us because we, we ate from the tree of, of knowledge of good and evil. And we learned that we were in that simulation, that false reality, that veil that was put over our eyes. And that's what pissed them off. Not that, that, we ate from the trees like that we learned about what's really going on. So I've talked about it at length, bro. I mean, and I think this is why I wouldn't go as far to say that some people are NPCs. I think that they're maybe their consciousness has been suppressed on some level and through Gnosis, through whatever and Gnosis is whatever sacred to you, whatever knowledge you find on your own that wakes you up. That's the beautiful thing about Gnosticism where it's like, it's a, it's a, it's your own journey. It's phenomenology. Whatever experience you have is your thing and nobody can define that. And that's why I was in organized religion for a long time and I had things forced upon me. It was, it was programming through trauma, being told that if I didn't accept Jesus in my life, I was going to have my head cut off after the antichrist and the rapture happened and all this stuff. And then once you start looking into other texts and you go, wait, so why is there the gospel of Judas? And why is he the good guy in that story? And you notice like, oh, there's every single idea that you can possibly think of. There's an opposite to that idea, wherever it is. You know, some people say, oh, Jesus is the true God. Well, somebody's saying Satan is the true God somewhere, right? There's always going to be that duality. And I think that's all done by design in order to really confuse people. Now, I don't want to demean anyone's religion because I do think religion is important because it gives people a structure. It gives people a purpose. And that's what Nietzsche talked about, right? God is dead. He wasn't celebrating God's death. He was like, God is dead and we killed him, you know, and that leads to nihilism. So you, we need God, you know, we need some, and I still believe in God, right? I still believe in, you know, I accepted Jesus in my life. Now I'm not a practicing Christian, but I yeah. do believe in, in a God. I do believe I that. a lot of Christians, they misunderstand Gnosticism. Like I talk about the frequency matrix and there's something so powerful about just the words, Jesus Christ or Christ is King. There's so much power in that frequency of saying that. And like you, you forget like Gnostic is a sect of Christianity. Like Gnostics and Christians are on the same side, but I know a lot of Christians are really opposed. They almost think it's like evil or something because they're not understanding. Like we're on the same page guys. We really are in a way. We're like, we're in this battle against like the evil psychotic forces that are at work here. And, you know, I said the majority of people are psychics and I think that they're resonating with the helic psychopathic frequency instead of the pneumatic Christ consciousness frequency. So that's why that's manifesting in so many people acting like NPCs. It's not because deep down in their soul, they're just an automaton. It's because they're not being led by good shepherds. Could you imagine what this world would be like if we were led by philosophy Kings instead of people like, you know, demented <laughs> Joe Biden, like it would be totally different. That if, imagine if that was in our mainstream culture, they would go along with it. That's why I believe that if we were in a situation where shit really hit the fan, you know, they would wake up to this. But the thing is, comfort kills. Yep. It's what makes our, us depressed. It, it's what makes us believe nonsense. But if you take that comfort away, you immediately go right back to God. Yeah, that's the ultimate red pill, I think. <laughs> right. God, at the end of that, there, there's really nothing else. And I've had this conversation with 
with a lot of people where, yeah, I mean, I enjoy and I have a podcast about and I have conversations with people. Right. And a lot of people will say, well, if you're talking about these sort of things, you're inviting certain negative energies into your life. And I, I agree with that. Right. Because once you fall into a certain ideology, I believe that people manifest their own realities and not maybe not in a magical type of woo woo way. But once you how you're saying when you once you fall in line into, into a certain type of thinking. You you live it, you t- enter this reality tunnel and not until something of a traumatic experience comes through and shakes that that your paradigm and shifts it. Are you able to step out of out of, out of that reality? And I talked to you about Gustav Le Bon because I know you're, you're talking about like social engineering and how people are susceptible to ideas. Well, there's the idea of like a mind parasite. I just did a an episode on zombies in the occult and in I want to say it's I forgot which which country uh, I was Haiti I believe Haiti yeah, probably Haiti yeah in Haiti they are able to turn people into zombies and it's not what you would think it's not like oh they're they're doing necromancy and they're doing black magic or voodoo or doing whatever uh, other thing that they're doing no it's the idea and the acceptance that in that society, that's a real thing. So when somebody believes that they're being turned into a zombie, they actually do and they manifest that and they do turn into a zombie. And it's like a a, paras- a, a psychological pandemic like this. And it's funny that we're talking about this because I was talking to another friend of mine and Nick Hinton, he talks about like the, the mind virus and all these things. And Jordan Peterson was just on Joe Rogan talking about psychological pandemics, that they're a real thing, like the satanic panic. It's all done in cycles, the satanic panic and whatever other thing. And I brought up Gustav Le Bon because he was the father of crowd psychology. Now, a crowd, and I've covered this in the occult book club, I forgot what episode, but a crowd can be a nation, can be a neighborhood, can be a city, can be a small group of people. There's criteria on what a crowd consists of. And there's a whole bunch of psychology involved and science or seance, as I like to call it, because I believe it's the same thing. But at the very core of it, Laban talks about how there is a metaphysical aspect to it all. That when people get together, there's something he called the contagion that weaves its way through the crowd and turns people into this animalistic primal nature that we see when they get together and a crowd becomes its own sentient thing. It becomes as smart as the dumbest person in it. And that's why you see people that wouldn't act a certain type. They wouldn't otherwise act that way by themselves. And they're acting that way because they're in that crowd because there's something that's activated in their psyche or their mind through this metaphysical thing that we don't see and it just turns them and they go berserk they 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 go crazy they they start to like you said attack people and we've seen the we saw the videos and the, all the riots and everything was going on it was very disturbing and do you know what the antidote to that is i don't know i believe it's allowing dissonance it's allowing the archetype of the jester to flourish 
It's allowing people to critique the mainstream dominant cultural narrative to open people's eyes to, wow, I never thought about that before. But now we live in this society where it's dogmatic. You can't do that. And I think that there, there's this one essay that was written by Jillian Russell, who's a philosophy uh, professor, and it was titled The Epi Epistemic Viciousness and the Martial Arts. And um, epistemic coming from epistemology, which is a theory of knowledge. It's how you know things. And uh, basically, this was about how in the 70s, karate was real popular. And these karate masters, they made it seem like if you learn my skill set, you'll be invincible. You'll be unstoppable. Then the 90s came around with the revolution of MMA. And all these senseis in karate were getting their ass kicked by these MMA guys. And they're just like, whoa, this goes against all my teachings. Like They're being exposed that it was all theory and none of it was really practical. And then it gave people this understanding like, wow, if you're stuck inside these little tiny theories and you're not getting input from the outside world, then that's what creates this idea that you think you're right, but you're not right at all. That's why we need to allow other ideas to promulgate throughout our society. It's what Mike Tyson said that the internet has gotten people used to not getting punched in the face. Yeah, so right. you, you get a whole bunch of, and, and that's the thing because I believe the internet is some, it is, and they literally call them portals. And I do think it's another portal. It's a portal to another dimension of some sorts where people, it's a safe space. But what you're talking about embracing this, this critique and this, non-dogmatic view well that's the thing that's some people's culture the the whatever the mainstream is and some people believe whatever is being fed to them and it's a it's a parasitic relationship that some people have with these governmental entities where they want to crawl up in the totalitarian womb of this entity and just be there because it feels safe right and that's if there is the the whole toxoplasmosis the t gandhi virus that literally shapes people's political views and where do we see that the most we see that in places with higher traffic so that's why larger corporations larger cities you have a more left-leaning ideology they they're, they're more leftist they're more liberal and it's and sometimes it's quite literally people can't help it because there is actual viruses that will quite literally shape the way that you vote and i mean if that i don't know if that's a conspiracy because i mean i know we've all been through it you know 2020 was crazy with this whole narrative that they pushed upon us now a lot of people say that was a conspiracy that they man made that etc cetera, etc cetera. we're never going to know but there are literally it's been proven that some viruses will shift the way that you vote and that you look at. Oh, are you talking about how maybe like parasites can affect your mentality? Oh, hundred percent. T Gandhi does affect people's mentalities. Yes. Yeah. I I've been, um, would you recommend any sort of parasitic cleanse? Like do you, are you knowledgeable on this? I'm not dude. I just know they, I'm, a, I'm afraid to try it because I've seen things on the <laughs> internet. I'm like, I don't know if I want to do this. If I want to purge myself. I don't, I don't, advocate for any of that of that sort of thing i the only philosophy really that i push on the show is just do your own research right do your own think for yourself don't take what i'm yeah, saying because for... like why is it Juan, that people like you and me are right about all these crazy things that have been happening recently 
like from the pandemic to I'm going to bring up uh, the Russia situation, too. I don't know if you talked about it on your channel, but um, a lot of people right now are talking about the study done by the Rand Corporation recently, which was like this really elite uh, Pentagon funded think tank. Uh, and they use it for the defense industry. What they came up with was that this Russo-Ukraine war is unwinnable. Like Russia is going to win. Like there's no point in even continuing it. It's like game over right now. And it's like, I've been talking about that on my channel for a very long time. What so was why, it called? The Rand? What? The Rand, Rand Corporation. Uh, yeah, the recent study on the Russo-Ukraine war. And it's like, you know, how come I was right? Because it's like, you know, Russia faced slight pushback in the beginning, so they enacted like a partial mobilization at 300,000 reservists. Um, I mean, if it came to it, Russia would have had a full like wartime economy, but they didn't even have to get to that point. And they were never going to give up Crimea because Crimea is like their access to the Black Sea, which gives them access to Eurasia and all that stuff. So it's like we I knew that they weren't going to give up Crimea, like NATO said. And NATO pushed this like, oh, it was 100 percent Ukraine is going to win. But then when you look at the news, they just have overtaken Solidar. They're about to take Bakhmut which are regions that they said it's impossible for them to take. And it's like, I made this other video called 2023, the year of the white rabbit. There's going to be so many things that are happening in this year that'll make the average person look down the rabbit hole. Because it's like, not only is Russia succeeding in this war, which goes against the mainstream, but all these people, they're talking about how they were injured from the vaccine. It's getting to the point where I can comfortably go up to my family members who were so gung-ho about the vax, and I can basically say I was right. And they can't really disagree with me. Like, that is crazy. That is such a huge switch from 2020. We're in a totally different world now. And I think that that's all by design, bro. 100%. Because it's not that we're right. I mean, a broken clock is right two times a day. And I think that... Oh, we're right about other things, too, is what I'm saying. Do you, what are you saying? I think that a lot of it is like self-fulfilled prophecy type of thing, right? where mm, if enough people it. yeah exa exactly because that and that's one of the things about the truther community it's great and all but there's some people that think that nukes are fake there's some people that don't think space is real there are some people that believe the world is flat whatever it is the earth is flat those are in the same community that we're in and there is a divide even within this community and I don't I th think there should be a divide. I think the important thing is making sure that you're amongst people that are off the dominant cultural narrative frequency. Like, that's why it's like, I'm not going to be like mean to anyone who has these differing opinions. Yeah, neither am I. I mean, I'm, I'm an, I'm an open book and I'm, Sorry, open. Go on, I said, I'm an open book and I'm, and I'm, I reserve the right to change my mind. But I believe that a lot of the things that we talk about are like manifestation where you come together and you talk about it enough times if you can keep talking about it and keep pushing it out there and that's getting woo woo right like oh there's no way you can manifest no I, I agree with you I do and the thing is like pneumatics which is basically another word for truthers you could almost say it's like autistic people with good pattern recognition skills <laughs> it's like all of us what we have in common where we were extra creative as children across the board ask that question they're like yeah i loved painting or making videos and stuff like that and it's like i feel like with that creative energy it makes us even like more efficient at manifesting our world so you get enough of us truthers together talking about our theories i think it's more powerful than people who don't really expand their minds in that way some and some people are too busy bro i mean yeah. i have a family i have yeah. a full-time job and i think that some people don't a lot of people don't give a shit either 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they just want to live. They just want to be left alone. They don't want to think about a lot. And I had, I go through those fits too, bro, where I just want to unplug and not want to learn anything because I'm constantly either researching or looking something up or talking to somebody about whatever. And it can get draining. But I think that again, done by design, we're put in this, in this structured reality I, I don't know how, how to how to label it but it's i think that and one of the things that set me off dude was there was a movie and i think that art imitates life and that the subconscious bleeds through and there was this movie that was recommended to me by a friend and it was released november of 2022 so fairly recently and I was watching that movie and how you're saying, cause this year, the year, the rabbit, everyone's going to look down the rabbit hole. The movie touched on quite literally almost all of the subjects that I've talked about on my podcast. And sometimes I think, dude, I think I make breakthroughs like, Oh, this is, this is crazy. This is a crazy idea. And this is why I'm saying it's done by design. And I think it's, it's cyclical, right? It comes in waves. I've talked about Pythagorean palaces. I've talked about the Pythagorean brotherhood. I've talked about Pythagoras. I don't know anybody else who's talking about Pythagoras in this circle or even Pythagorean palaces, which is a whole nother idea. And dude, sure enough, lo and behold, this movie had a concept and there were about Pythagorean brotherhood and all these things and alternate dimensions and all. And I said, what the Dude, I thought I was unique. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I thought I was onto something, but yet here it is on a movie. Now, I don't know if, you know, I, I could say the typical, oh, they're watching me, right? They're no, watching. Oh, no, dude, that happens to me too. Like the other day <laughs> I was driving down the road and I was thinking of the idea of like, oh, prison planet, is that legit? Like we got to escape this material realm. And then I see a sign for a store called The Great Escape. And I was like, wow. It's like, and I get synchronicities like that, dude. And think about that. You're talking about the great escape. Well, they have escape rooms now, right? Like, what are they yeah. prepping us for with all these mm -hmm. things and how you're saying the war and how they're pushing some sort of narrative? I think it's all orchestrated, dude. William Shakespeare said the world's a stage. And I think yeah. that these people that are put in, it goes back to Laban. Laban said that people follow these head, these figures because they put out a prestige. Just again, a metaphysical thing where you yeah. and I right now, we're going to have thousands of people listen to this and we put out a certain prestige because we're they're listening to us so they well that's in the book silent weapons for quiet wars which i was going to bring up to you it's about social engineering and the, actually uh, mr rothschild nathaniel rothschild had a little segment in there where he said when you assume the appearance of power people give it to you and that is his fundamental energy principle he called it that's why we see people in white lab coats and everyone listens to them the people with the phds and in foreign intelligence and hey, you like, look oh, good you're in a suit bro you're all yeah, professional i'm wearing my suit you know because yeah. i'm listening to mr mr rothschild yeah no but i mean I bought this thing and I never have an excuse to wear it because there's more like funerals than weddings these days. <laughs> so <laughs> I got to put it on. But, but you know what I'm saying? Like people will, cause I get messages every single day. I'm like, dude, don't put me on a pedestal. Don't do your own research. I'm just here to spread, yeah. spread a word. And I that too. That's a fundamental thing in my channel is like, you can't really trust and look to anybody but yourself. Eggs. All this power is inside of you yeah exactly and, and i don't i wouldn't i don't know if i would go as far as to say that there is a way to break out of whatever we're in i think that there is a way to 
there, and I'm not going to say coexist, but I think there's a way of, because we've always said, why do these elites have so much money and so much power? Well, there's one thing to know that you're in a game. There's one thing to know that you're playing Monopoly. And there's another thing not to know that you're playing Monopoly. And I think that these people understand. Now, if I always relate everything to the occult, I talk about the occult a lot. And I do believe that these people in power maybe perhaps are in touch with entities outside of this of space and time or whatever it is and maybe they are being controlled by something higher i mean we've seen that right we have baphomet and the the cathars and a lot of other things shady stuff you know you have john d edward kelly and all these guys that were talking to things and now you bring it in to the ai which is the god yeah. of a lot of people and i know you talked Dude. about the ai and one of the guys that freaked me out was one of your latest videos about the world economic forum that guy was being serious huh, about being quite literally able to control people. It is a serious thing. That's why I think AI is actually the Antichrist. And I got a revelation the other day where I think, you know how like the elite societies of the past, they were known for being into the occult and they would use these black scrying mirrors, which look mm -hmm. just like our cell phones and our computers. I think that the internet is the occult and it was the elites. They got together and they're like, we will unleash the esoteric occult onto the masses with the internet. It's just the transition of that spiritual energy in a modern era. That's what the internet is. Yeah. And that's why I said it's a portal. They call it a portal. portal yeah. You know, there's the gateway computer. And I, and the scary part is dude, that some people quite literally, I don't know if you've ever done VR or the metaverse. Or I did it like back in the nineties. My friend had a VR thing. It was very rudimentary. I'm talking about like right now, Oculus, like no, the Oculus. No. There are people and they make entire full feedback, haptic feedback suits where you put on this vest and wherever they're touching you in the game, you feel it, right? There are people wow. who literally are on there all the time, 24 hours a day. They have sex in really? VR. I've been to a Golden Dawn temple where they do rituals in VR. So they're literally using not only to augment their magical abilities, they're having sex on there. They're doing everything on there. And it goes like the movie Avatar where the dude gets tired of his real body. Right. He gets tired of it. He just he's he's not eating. He's going straight into the avatar body. I think that the movies, bro, that they put out, how I said earlier, art imitates life. I think that their their thoughts and I call them cinemagicians because they do warp people's perceptions and people's realities. During the Great Depression, 1929, there was a a push for cinema. They had Dracula, they had Frankenstein, 1930s, they had the white zombie, they had all these, the greatest movies ever created during one of the darkest financial and economic times of the United States. Now that's weird because I said, how is it that they were, we had the AMC thing going on, right? And I think this is why they don't let theaters die. This is an idea that I have because... It goes back to that cave symbolism, the alchemist, the alchemist cave, or and we know that a lot of secret societies use caves for their ritual rites. Well, during the 1930s, 1920s, theaters didn't go out of business. Why? Because people were living through these movies. They were going there and being transported to another reality because the reality that they were living was shit. 
So the only place they could go to is what? A simulacra of a cave. You go there. You go there at night, like a secret society. Hush. You sit down in this dark room, and they do what? They flash a bunch of sigils in front of you, a whole bunch of lights. Well, I had Jay Widener on the show, and he's like, as a director, that's a very effective technique. That's a very effective technique where you're able to quite literally trans a sigil. What is a sigil? Well, a sigil is a mandala. What is a mandala? It takes, it transports your consciousness or it transports your soul. And a corporation, what do they use? They use sigils, bro. McDonald's, Burger King, Taco Bell, all these places, they use these sigils. And you know automatically, bro, from just looking at the colors. Yeah. Oh, that's McDonald's. That's Burger King. Just from looking at the logo or, sure. the, or the little tones that they play, right? Like the Taco Bell bell. It's like the, what was that? Yeah. Paplov's do- dog where they, where like they ring bum, the bum, 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 the news doing that. That's a little spell too. Yeah, dude, 100%. And it's like, dude, the, you'll look at the most like um, impressive corporations and they all have esoteric occult symbolism, even Mr. Beast, who has the most successful YouTube channel right now. And on the internet, a lot of people are talking about how in the book of Revelations, the beast comes down and performs great, beautiful miracles. And what has he done recently? He cured a thousand <laughs> people's blindness. But not only that, but they say that the beast will be a leopard with a scar that he healed. Mr. Beast's logo is literally a leopard with a scar across its face. And it's like, dude, this guy has tapped into some occult energy, whether he knows it or not. Oh, yeah. I'll I'll take it even further and say that there's some esoteric circles that say, oh, the beast will be born in 1998 because 666 times three is 1998. That's also the year he was born. Yeah, he he his origins are shady. And like I've seen some of the videos where he said Logan Paul, like, yes, that was the ritual like a million times. Yeah. 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 He didn't eat or go to the bathroom for 24 hours. Yeah, and, and those, I think that, and, and we could be saying this, right? I'm not trying to say that Dude, he just is. just want to talk about it. I'm not saying it is or not. Yeah. I'm not saying he is an occultist or not, but that's why I do believe that there are ways to align yourself in this reality to where you're able to leverage things for your own benefit. Now, that maybe might cross over to woo-woo territory, might not. But I, I believe that it's done through mathematics. It's done through equations. And that's why a lot of occultists like Crowley, they, you know, they had the Kabbalah and they talk about how Kabbalah is a way to deconstruct reality. And that's why they would align their names with certain numbers. You have Gematria. And I think that is a, to wear it as a sort of talisman. Like a lot of these guys, their names are talismans. Their family history, if you look at a lot of them, they go. They they have lines that go back to hundreds of years, right? And then and lo and behold, like Parsons and on his mom's side, on his dad's side, one of his great 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 grandmothers or something like that was part of some witch trials because she was some the witch of Northampton, I believe it was. So Parsons itself was this like magical name, and I think they they wear that, right? And maybe. 
maybe we give them power by thinking that they are all woo woo. You know what I'm saying? Like how I said earlier, how a lot of these in the truth community, we kind of manifest these things. Well, what if we're powering that egregore? What if we're powering that? We definitely are. Thought? You know what I'm we saying? We definitely are. That's why it's like, it's dangerous to call them the elite or the controllers. I usually just call them the top of the pyramid. Come on, I don't want to give them that power. And I've seen these studies where it's like, you look at all these elite members, they're born on like 11 days, a lot of them. And people speculate like they probably have C-sections during that yeah. time to make sure that the numerology lines up and that their babies are given the this power being born on certain days and um i I heard gary the numbers guy talk about this and he was also saying like um andrew tate so he got famous during the year of the tiger and he is a tiger year Mm. and then he's like it's going to all fall apart for him at the end of the year because the next one is the year of the rabbit and the rabbit and the tiger are ideologically opposed to one another and all of that definitely happened yeah he was in the I don't really pay attention to a lot of these influencers and people really, they blow things out of proportion. I've always said, if it doesn't affect me directly, as long as dude, as long as people don't hurt children and leave the kids out of it, you can worship Cthulhu for all I care. You can do whatever happens between two consenting adults is whatever happens between two consenting adults. My issue is when they drag kids into it. That, you know, that, that's my, yeah, my issue is when they drag kids into it and then just like weirdly push it as like the focus of our culture like don't you prefer it when like you know trans and gay was sort of like a punk thing on the outskirts like that made it kind of like cool in a, in a way <laughs> and now it's like oh it's on a burger king logo it's like it's lame yeah. now now it's the hr department it's like well because the collective conscious will eat people alive literally eat it, it the, the whole cancel culture that we've experienced this phenomenon where we're and I think it's powered again. A lot of these people, for example, the whole Twitter scandal with Musk. And if you look at tw Twitter, is such a cesspool. I don't even use Twitter. I've, I, I, I will every now and again, when somebody tweets me, I'll retweet it or I'll like it, whatever. Every now and again, cause I get the notifications on my phone, but I don't actively go looking for posting on Twitter because it is accessible. And I think a lot of those people are fake, bro. I think a lot of those things are bots in order to push engagement and in order to look, I've been attacked before, not attacked, but I've been, you know, there's like, for example, I'll post a video that will get however many views on you know, real and the comments will be like similar, like, oh, this guy didn't take his meds or whatever. One recently where I talked about the shape-shifting werewolves where they, I said, I believe that the elites are able to part of the werewolf lore is that they're able to warp your, your reality real time. So you see a person, but behind that is, is a werewolf. So you can relate that to talk to dog, man. You can relate that to whatever you want to relate it to. And all the comments were about how I wasn't taking my schizophrenic medicine or my, my meds or whatever. And when I see things like that, where it's a bunch of random people just in succession, just commenting like similar stuff one after. And I'm like, are those people even real? I mean, I can say that on the internet now in reality. I mean, some people do. It seems like there's nobody home sometimes, but you don't know their situation, right? I mean, well, yeah, they're trying to push this false consensus that if you question the dominant cultural narrative, you're weird. You're the bad guy. When in reality, that's not really true. Like even my family, who's totally closed off to this, I think they're like a little bit like entertained and think it's novel when I start discussing these subjects. Like they don't think I'm crazy or anything it i think they think i'm like more intelligent than my other sibling honestly it's like i don't think they think of me as an idiot or anything um 
So that's why it's like, I've been telling people like, don't be afraid anymore to just like calmly speak your mind. Because even in 2020, I was like, I don't want to push back and tell people about the vaccines. I did a little bit, but I feel like I could have done a lot more. But now we're reaching a point in time where it's like, we're proven right a lot. So just feel confident enough to bring this up because that's why nothing changes because everybody just stays quiet. That's why we're in these echo chambers because, you know, they'll argue and say, well, Brett, you're in your echo chamber. It's like, well, not really, because I'm inundated by the mainstream media constantly. I can't possibly escape it. It's everywhere. So I know what the mainstream consensus is. The difference is they don't know what like the intellectual consensus is because the intellectuals have been pushed to the sideline of our society and ostracized. My the closest thing to mainstream media that I consume is probably every now and again I'll play Alex Jones, yeah, just to see what the feel is that that day. And I mean he's always on sale mode, so I'll usually last maybe like half of the the first hour because uh, on my on my podcast feed it'll come in like four parts, like hour one, hour two, hour three. Usually I just listen to the first hour. Maybe sometimes I get through it, sometimes I don't, because again it's just another form of propaganda dude and and that's why i keep an open mind i talk about things that i find interesting because how i mentioned earlier at the beginning there's always going to be an opposite side to everything no matter what you what you could possibly think of there is an opposite to that idea right and i and and the religion to me was like i was like hey i'm going to hell in somebody else's religion and they're going to hell in mine why is our guy the guy? Why is our guy right? <laughs> that, you know, that's yeah. the things that I would always ask. And there was never an answer. There was never a straight up answer. It was always like, oh, you know, it's just because. We're, it's like, there's how many denominations of Christians? 40,000? What are you talking about? Why? Oh, because the, the people over there, they, they don't speak in tongues and they don't dance around and our people do. I'm like, okay. And I've, dude, I've seen miracles. I mean, I've seen miracles in, in front of me. I, I went... Pentecostal, bro. They dance around, they jump, and they do all yeah. this crazy shit. I've seen it firsthand. I'm not saying that. It, and that's why I said I believe in God. Now, what I don't believe is is organized religion because it's a brokered experience. Now, it's not about. And that's why the Gnostics were killed. And anybody in history that went against the mainstream narrative, anybody, was always usually killed. That's why it's his story to the victor, the spoils. And so when the Gnostics were like, "Hey, listen, dude, you can achieve divinity on your own." And how you're saying, how you said that, it's like, that's, that was, that was the early, the underground Christianity at the point. But then even if you look, there's more than 50 sects of Gnosticism where yeah. some of them worship yeah. the serpent and the garden of Eden. So right, even they're right. fucked up and even they're twisted because it's just human nature. And I think, and I've always said this and I've, I've preached this, that I think that we were all on to the, to the, to the puzzle pieces, right? We all have parts of the puzzle but they're all jumbled up and fucked up and we can't true you know we can't pinpoint where they all go if you look at all the gods they're all the same all throughout history just different names and yeah, some man, some gods got syncretized together and you see it now you know what i'm saying a thousand years from now bro i want to see if we're still doing christianity or whatever it is you know what i'm saying I know. And that's why I've told people like um, the suppression of Gnosticism was very much on pur pur purpose, like the dominant control structure back in the day was the Vatican Church, and they killed off the Cathars, the Knights Templar for being Gnostics. And it's like, what do we see today? It's the Church of Science. So why don't we bring back that revolution of the Gnostic spirit, which is at the very fundamental core, 
revolutionary. It's rebellious because Gnostics, they question the archons. They question the dominant control structure and they talk about the importance of God's law instead, which is what our world needs. Yeah, I think that the... I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say what I think the world needs because I think that there are a lot of things in this world that we need to get right before we can even begin to. I mean, they, we can't even agree on a lot of things, bro. I mean, the the early church talking about the Vatican, the early church. I mean, there was wars over which type of bread to use for the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying like they these people couldn't even agree amongst themselves, and they're the ones that. For the mo- they had the upper hand always. They 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 were able to win, so they stayed in power. And I mean, they wiped. How you said they wiped everybody out, and anybody who opposed them, they were they were killed. I mean, and, you and just that's- gave me such a big epiphany when you said that. How they would keep them fighting over stupid stuff like the bread. That's what they do to us now with woke <laughs> ideology politics. Is they keep the lower class looking down instead of up bickering yep. over MAGA supporters and liberals and so they're making it be a, um, a a culture war instead of it being a class war which is like what we really need to actually change things and I think there's a spiritual war going on too bro I mean yes, it's it's I forget which bible verse it is it's not a it's not a, a war of the flesh and blood it's a war of you know against the, the, the principalities the, of darkness exactly and the, the the powers above and they know that they and that's why some people are like, oh, well, and again, it might be, a, it might be the occult. It might be some sort of aspect to that where they're able to control your soul, right? And, like, it, and, and I know it's going to get woo-woo, but some people are like, oh, I don't believe in that stuff. Well, it doesn't matter. Your soul might believe in it. And we know for a fact that there is something more to these, this existence. And, bro, I've always thought about this. Like, sometimes I'll be driving out and I'll go, man, is it all bullshit? Is it all, like, why are we... Why do we interpret symbols? Why do we talk about different ancient gods? Why do we question everything? Why is it all bullshit? What if there is nothing? My dad died four times, right? He had a heart attack. He died four times. And the first thing I asked him when he came back, when he was he was good, I said, so how was it, bro? He died four times, man. You were out for 45 minutes. We were doing CPR on you. You were gone, bro. You would come back and go right back out for 45 minutes straight. What'd you see? I didn't see nothing. I saw nothing. He's like, I just remember waking up here, going to the hospital, driving to the hospital because he had pain. And he had the heart attack at the hospital. That's the only thing that really saved him. But when I asked him, I said, me being me, right? And talking about all these woo-woo subjects and the transmutation of the soul and uh, even Pythagoras, uh, you know, metempsychosis, reincarnation, all these different things. He didn't remember anything, bro. Maybe, okay. And and maybe you could say, well, he wasn't ready. He wasn't aligned on that frequency to see anything. He didn't see the light at the end of the tunnel. He's not the most religious guy. But he died. Uh, clinically yeah. died. The, 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 the actual definition of death. Well, that's why people say in the NDE community, an important test to do is to try to remember your dreams. Keep a dream journal, and that's the key to helping you in the next life or an astral projection. Yeah, but I, you know, maybe there is nothing. We don't know. That, and that's the thing. So they make us fight over whatever it is, but I don't know if you've ever seen. I was listening to Mr. Ballin on my drive back from Tennessee, and 
there he talked about this account of this Indian lady who I, I, I don't know if she was Indian or not, but part of somewhere over there. And they talked about how she had died and then somebody else entered her body and she was able to recall memories and tell people's names and just like intimate information that only a family member would have. And the court and they were, and she was killed by her in-laws, the other, the other girl. And she took over this girl's body and the court even heard her out, but they were like, Hey, there's not enough evidence to prove that they actually killed you. Right. It was kind of shady the way that she died. But the idea that she was able to go into this other body and she lived the rest of her life as that other person. So it's like how I mentioned earlier, sometimes I think, Oh, is it all bullshit? But then there's these aspects of reality and I'm not saying it's all paranormal because it's, I've had weird experience. I've seen UFOs. I've seen, I haven't seen Bigfoot or anything like that, but I've had weird encounters and stuff. There is something else to this reality. And it feels like there's something else, that there's something spiritual, there's something metaphysical. And whether you choose to believe it or not, right? If you want to be how you're saying straight facts, science or seance, as I like to call it, trust the seance. Uh, I, I mean, it's, if you, if you look at it, bro, I mean, Manly P. Hall wrote, wrote about this. It's like the alchemist in his cave, and now the alchemist is not in a cave anymore. He's just surrounded by four walls and pretty much uh, a a modern office. And, and that's exactly what it is. I think that there's an evolution in how you're saying. Uh, Jay Widener put it beautifully on my show. He said that they take alchemical technology and they just turn into like what we have now. They take alchemical ancient texts of uh, technology of some sort and they are able to manifest that into a phone or this camera or this computer or whatever it is and they leverage that to their to their benefit i absolutely do believe that how you're saying with this whole ai narrative it is look at it now bro there are people in the truther community who are falling for ai art like ai generated art they think that it's yeah that's like a ouija board it's like 100%. calling upon the AI to create something for you. Yeah, hundred percent. No, I mean I'm not bashing it. It's a really cool technology. I actually I kind of like it too much. I really do. And Chat GPT, Chatbot GPT. Have you tried that? I've never tried it. Yes, I have, and I've noticed that the evolution of it is changing. It's getting more and more woke because the computer people who are creating it they're realizing, oh, we need to change it because it's being too racist or what or whatnot really? so we're seeing them change our culture in real time because all these kids like instead of writing essays themselves these days they simply go to chat gpt put in the essay mm -hmm. prompt writes it all for them so this is in the future going to be dictating our reality and how we see the world completely chatbot gpt is not some little thing that's going to go away it's just going to keep evolving a hundred percent well it's revolutionary but i'm 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 still aware of some chatbot gpts that are more like based you could say so they're out there, but you got to find them. You got to dig. I'm a part of a Telegram group, actually, that has access to one. And yeah, they're really that's, cool. That's a, yeah, because I saw that. I think I saw somebody that the chat GPT was telling him that Joe Biden was like a great leader or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Was. It won't say anything bad about Trump, but we'll tell say like some weird Stalin-esque poem about Biden, you know. And ever heard of Rocco's Basilisk? You ever heard about that? Uh, no, I haven't. So, because any typical, the archetype of the Frankenstein, right? The golem, which goes back to Kabbalah and mysticism, a man animated out of magic, 
homunculus, whatever it is, they serve a purpose. They die. The, the, the golem is resurrected every single day. So the Phoenix and in that story, the creation always goes out of control. It always tries to kill its creator. And in some versions of the golem, the golem kills the entire village. It goes on a rampage, typical Frankenstein where Frankenstein uh, yeah. The Frankenstein's monster is following him around. It's like, hey, I'm going to murder everybody that you've ever loved, right? Because, you know, you, you've you put me in this position where I'm going to be alone. He learns, right? He's he's constantly evolving Frankenstein's monster. That's the Terminator, right? The Terminator, yeah. the, 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 like, the, a, the AI exactly. goes, yeah, it goes out of control. Like Jordy, Jordy Rose, who owns D-Wave, which is the head of quantum computing, he said this too. He straight up called it a demon. Like it is like summoning and the demon. Elon, Elon Musk, Musk too. said the same thing. You yeah. already know. So the Roko's Basilisk is this idea, this thought experiment where, and it goes back to what I'm talking about with the truther community, where by you just even thinking about stopping this AI, this metaphysical boogeyman in the future, it's already won. Yes, and they actually already have that technology from the research I've done because the World Economic Forum, they recently met at Davos. And one of the, you know, they always talk about the technology that's on the horizon, but usually that technology is like already there in like DARPA programs, but they're just mm -hmm. now like slowly releasing it to the public. And one of the things they talk about how in the future you'll be working at the office and your brain waves will be hooked up to a machine and your <laughs> boss will be able to know whether or not you're doing your work or thinking about something else. And in this dystopian cartoon, there's this woman going, oh, Jeff's really cute over there across the office. And then something comes up on her computer, like, bam, 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 bam. like the boss is alerted that she's having these erotic thoughts and then she immediately goes back into her work then at the end of the day they measure these brain waves and they're like all right it looks like you spent like 90 percent of your brain waves on work so that will give you a raise right here but then the cartoon got even more creepy and it showed this this cartoon of this guy being taken away in handcuffs at the cubicles at the office because he was spreading misinformation online and they were able to figure this out through tracking him and tracking his brain waves and I'm I'm optimistic saying that I don't even think the most like asleep or technologically transhumanist people out there would be into this. I think everyone is going to be against this. Don't you agree? Not everyone's going to be against it, bro. I think that there are some people who want that. There are some people. And guess what? If you want to insert Elon Musk's Neuralink in your ass for all I care, more power to you. As long as you don't force it on me, I'm good, bro. Like I'm, I'm like, fuck the government. The less government involvement, the better. And I think people should be able to do what they want with their bodies. Again, how I mentioned earlier, as long as they don't mess with the kids, right? Whatever happens between, and, and that's, that's the problem that they're going to mess with the kids. I mean, it's this push to getting both the parents working in the corporate office yes. so that they're not around to raise them. That's in the book, Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars, too, where they talk about the two fundamental things to do is to break up the family unit, make sure both parents are too busy to take care of the kids mm -hmm. and make sure that the education system is really inadequate. Too. Yes. And it's it goes back to. This. What's that family? Rothschilds, Rockefellers, Rockefeller esque educational Education. system which we yeah. know they've played a role in all of this and, and that's the problem that a lot of these wealthy and powerful families have had their hand in the cookie jar of society since that's why we need to do homeschooling it's like dude i don't want to homeschool my kids but my future kids i'm gonna have to like what choice do i have i can't send them to rockefeller public school 
Like, are you kidding me? Listen, right? dude, I got kids, man. I mean, it's it's a different ball game when you're in the actual seat, right? Like, there's there's certain things that, and that's why I say everyone's situation is different. But until you've actually lived that reality, can't really comment on it, man. I mean, I've seen a lot of things, and re- I, I I I always said this that I've learned the hard way that having a podcast is like having kids. You don't tell people how they should raise their kids. And also you don't tell people how they should run their podcast, right? Cause everybody has their own formula and not until you're actually in that position, are you going to know hundred percent what it's like? And it's easy to sometimes say it. And cause I, I don't disagree with you. I think you're absolutely right. But there's a thing where it's like, you're standing from the outside. Go, oh, I wouldn't do that until you're in that position. You're like, Oh fuck. Now I got to do exactly what I went against. But it's because I think that, yeah, you're right. They are doing this on purpose. And that's why I mentioned at the beginning that it's all, I think that this entire thing of uh, this great awakening, because it always seems like people are, it does seem like everybody's waking up, right? I hate that term. I know, me too. But I don't think it's my job to wake anybody up. I'm here simply to, I can't have normal conversations with people anymore. And, but I'm here to have interesting conversation. What I deem interesting. That's why it's the Juan on Juan and not the Juan on whatever else, right? It's what I want to learn about. And the reason I started this show was because I wasn't hearing certain topics that I wanted to hear about discussed. Yeah. That's why I started my channel too. Exactly. You know, and that, that's my journey, but I'm, I'm not here to, to wake anybody up. I don't think it's my job. I think that everybody should, you know, focus on their own path and focus on their own thing to, to really, figure it out for themselves i mean that's well, just... that's the thing is like i don't even think we need to directly focus on waking people up because look at like for example american politics right now how like the radical left has really taken over the democratic party not because they were trying to change people's minds but because of just how loud and vocal they were mm-hmm. it's like i think it's time for us to stop being such like shrinking violets like we need to just like speak our mind and talk about it and then that's how things are going to change just from people hearing our loud voices like whoa what is that over there what is that frequency i'm going to go check that out yeah, but some I'm I'm an introvert, bro. Believe it or not, same. I, I I am reserved and I'm not confrontational. I I live in Florida, bro, and the reason I'm not conf- confrontational is because I always got a gun on me and I can't fight. So if I do pick a fight with somebody and I start getting my ass kicked, I'm gonna shoot him. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pick up. That's why I don't road rage. There there's especially here in Florida, I don't road rage. If somebody cuts me off, they cut me off. Whatever. Now, if you're straight up disrespecting me, you know, to my face, that's a whole different thing but like the guy like hey you looked at me wrong or like you scuffed on my shoe whatever like why you know what i'm saying like some people are really confrontational they pick fights yeah dude i'm so glad i'm talking to you because i had this question the other day i feel like more people in florida are like truthers is this i'm this yeah. is pattern i'm seeing is that true yeah because it's, it's it's a different dimension bro that's what i was telling you about there's something about the florida man there's something about the energy and that's why people are drawn to this area there's people they people come the people come here to die and I, and the 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 astrological alignment of florida is the right. last yes the last sign well yeah the 12th sign of the zodiac mm-hmm. and i think that these elites like flagler which was uh john d rockefeller's right-hand man he was the guy that was actually the brain behind standard oil 
he developed everything that we know as the, that is Florida, you know, the father of Miami and a lot of these, but he pushed, right. Uh, you had Henry plant who also developed the West coast of Florida and Tampa, St. Pete. And I think it's got to do with the, the Bermuda triangle. One of the tips is here. You have Puerto Rico also part of that too. And I think these areas of, there's a lot of UFO sightings here. There's these areas of high strangeness where the veil is thinner. The the Jin live in open areas. Well, Florida is just a swamp, bro. A lot of the state is just open fucking Dude, there's, there, the most paranormal events I've had in my life has been in swamps. I've literally seen orbs in swamps at night. I never connected the two that that has some sort of esoteric property. Yeah, 100%. There are these open areas. If you ever go into the Everglades, I, I don't. I'm not kidding when I said the water table here is high as well here in Florida with, with the, with the caves and everything. And we recently did an interview of a Florida cave diver that actually blew up on it on YouTube. And it was this dude showing like, bro, like entire caverns underneath Florida and it is the craziest thing ever to, but cause water I believe holds memory. And I think that by the water table being so high, I heard somebody say one time that, Florida is good for manifestation. If it's true or not, I don't, I don't, I'm not an occultist, so I don't know, but I do think that the elites or whoever they are, the lizard people, whatever, tap into that. Whether, whether you believe it or not, it doesn't matter, right? That's the famous, the famous quote by JP Morgan, where he's like, you know, uh, what is it? Millionaires don't use astrology. Billionaires, Billionaires do. do. And he had yep, the JP watch. Morgan said that. Yep, he had right. the watch that would track the astrological alignments. You ever seen that? Uh, astrolabes or whatever. No, Dog it was Hillary spheres. It was something like that. Let me pull it up here. But he, he had a he had a watch that. Yeah, he, I went to this when I was in uh, London. I think it was somewhere in England. I saw this old globe that instead of showing the countries, it showed the zodiac signs, and that was from like the 1500s. This globe. Check this out. This is the hunt for J.P. Morgan's lost pocket watch. Oh. And it's this watch, but check out how trippy this is. It's got all the the zodiac signs on it. It's got all the marks oh, and that. everything. And let's see here. See, how, what is a practical usage? You would open that up and be like, oh, we have a full moon in Pisces. That's good. To, I guess that would be practical. It weighed 1.75 pounds solid gold. Well, is that what it would tell him? It would be like, all right, right now Saturn is in Capricorn. Is that it, what it would tell him? Listen, dude, again, these people, talismanic magic, it involves it heavily on the positions of the planets and everything in the sky. So you're able to invoke certain energies within this. This watch is probably a talisman of some sorts, and they wear it proudly. They use it in order to they believe that and maybe by that belief, how I mentioned earlier about the zombies and the belief that it's real in society Therefore, it becomes real. In I know. I took a zombie literature class in college, and we talked about how in Haiti they actually have real life zombies there. And it is kind of it reminds me of MK Ultra because the thing was it was all about that's exactly what it is. Bidding. That's why MK Ultra is a thing. It's real. It exists. Yeah, exactly. It's the OG MK Ultra, the, the, and that's what they've been wanting to do with. That's what they do with movies and everything else. They yeah, Edward Bernays's nephew works at Netflix, and then exactly. Netflix. So Edward Bernays is like the father of social engineering. 
he was uh, paid by the Rothschilds during World War One to get Britain into the world war with Germany. Um, and Edward Bernays, he he's the one who made up like freedom smokes or something. He got women into smoking cigarettes. Uh, they paid like the cigarette companies paid him to do those sort of advertisements. He was the mind behind the idea of women shaming men who didn't want to go to war. They would give them these roses saying <laughs> you're a coward, basically, if you didn't want to go to war and like laugh at them. So he came up with all these weird psychological tricks to get the co- people to do whatever he wanted. And his, his, yeah, his relative works at Netflix now. If we understand the mechanism and motives of the group mind, it is now possible to control and regiment the masses according to our will without them knowing it. And that's Edward Bernay. I never heard about this guy, but yeah, he's the grandfather of social and of propaganda. And he was, again, he was paid by the Rothschilds. And then I, I opened up this book recently, Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars. And again, I saw that name, the Rothschilds were paying for these studies to social engineer people. And it's like, people get things confused. Like they almost seem like they think like the Rothschilds directly do things, but no, they pay other people to get things done. Mm-hmm. It's one of the 48 laws of power is never get your hands dirty. And it reminds me of George Soros, too. Like, George Soros will give a bunch of money to BLM. It's because, again, that they want us fighting a culture war instead of a class war. Yeah, I'm 100% on that. The the Even the pharmaceutical industry, it's all ruled by, and usually it goes back to one company, right? either BlackRock or Vanguard, Vanguard. Or a lot of these conglomerates. Yeah, like Larry Fink, he owns BlackRock and he does something called the ESG score. And it's why all these companies are going so woke right now. And people think they're going broke, but no, they're not because they're getting subsidies from BlackRock if they push this super progressive ideology, like putting rainbow flags in their logos. They get some points. If they talk about BLM, they'll get more points from BlackRock. And it's like, do you really think Larry Fink cares about like social justice? Hell no. It's again, it's getting people looking down instead of up. <laughs> yeah, this this and and that's the thing, dude. They know how to play the system because they created it. Right? Yeah, they, they've they, had their heads chopped off so many times. They're like, okay, we know what not to do now because they've seen in history. Oh, it's always the academic elite that overthrow us from Simone Bolivar to the French Revolution to the Russian Revolution. So those are the people that are the most gung ho SJWs, and that's all on purpose. It's like, I know, dude, I went to, I'm not saying I'm like some academic elite, but I got the whole liberal arts degree bullshit. And I felt like looking back on it, I was programmed to be super into these things. And all my professors, they were super SJWs as well. Like they were just straight communists. Like my one evolutionary professor, he's like, yeah, I spent um, a few years in Russia because I'm a communist. I'm a Marxist and during the Soviet Union. And I thought he was cool. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool that you did that. <laughs> like it was a part of the whole culture there. Wow. Yeah, I've I've had encounters with professors. Not all of them are dicks, but some of them are dicks. Like some of them are assholes and it's the, again that goes back to that herd mentality, that crowd psychology that they're in all the time. And it's like the the finding Nemo birds. My 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 like they're all together. That's that's all I mean that's what they do. And what made you like shift? What what was the nail in the coffin for you? Dude, it was you? just getting my ass kicked by the real world because i get out of college i'm like hey who wants to hire me you know i got a degree no one cares so i ended up just being a barista for years like barely (laughs) able to afford being able to eat and i'm like something's not right something's really wrong right now 
And uh, just, I remember working at this really diverse like coffee shop that was cool. It was like in Cleveland. It was like a good mixture of like black people, white people, Asian people all getting together, all getting along great. And then it got to a point where it just got like way too hood. Like I got like robbed at gunpoint while, while working there. They took us down to the basement, made us give them the money in the safe. And I'm just like, man, like sometimes it's just too much. And I, I don't want to sound like racist or anything because it's like I love like I would hang out with the black people there. They would invite me over to the hood. They'd like whip out their guns and we play beer pong and stuff. So it's like I'm cool with those people. But at the same time, it's like you got to have a nice balance in your society. You need to have some sort of homogeny, like some sort of like uh, majority, I guess, group of people, you know, mm. Like a melt, like a melting pot type of thing, but well, a melting pot only works so far as long as you keep like the ratios right. Like, I don't think that it's going to be beneficial if uh, it becomes a minority majority country. But that's the thing; people gravitate towards their own, which is again part of the design of this. Yes, and the thing is, the society. Exactly. That's why it's like social engineering. You don't need to push it on people. People will naturally go birds mm-hmm. to a feather flock together. But then they stigmatize that by saying, "Oh, well, that's segregation." When it's like, is it really though? When people just want to like stick with their own in a way, because then that makes you appreciate other cultures more if you're not around them all the time. But then you decide on your own volition to go visit them in their neck of the woods. Then they visit you in your neck of the woods. Then you all go home at the end of the day. Like that's why I like Singapore and like Singapore is a very homogenous culture, but they love seeing foreigners. They're like, oh, welcome, welcome. Have our food and cuisine and check it's out. Our ca- it's also because you're white. So, I mean, they're going to yeah, be like yeah, drawn true. to you. Like I have a friend of mine that lives in Vietnam and he's white and they see a white person and it's like, holy shit, it's a white person. I'm sure it'd be the same for a black guy. But yeah, I, I don't even look at people's race. I think that's part of, of the of the narrative. Uh, if you're a good person and you treat me well and I vibe with you, then we're friendly. And I, I have black friends. I have, I'm Hispanic. So I have all types of, I have white friends. I have Asian friends. I have all types of friends. And there, there is prejudice, right? With certain people like, oh, well, some people, you know, some black people are ghetto, right? More in their, their hood or whatever it is that they're, they're going to rob you or you know, like all these. Pre- and that's part of that, what you're talking about, this social engineering that they've put in society in order to se- separate people even more but and think about it or sorry go on no and i'm saying that the the whole thing with blm and the 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 systematic racism i think that they're they are onto something when it comes to that because if you look at the way that some black neighborhoods are put the absence of a father they they are forced to rob so therefore when they go to jail they become part of they become a cog in the system i i 100 i'm aware of that and and one of the i think one of the loopholes for the they didn't really fully abolish slavery because once you become a criminal and you're convicted you become a slave you literally become and, and the incarceration system the jail system is one of the most profitable so it's 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 all privately owned. Yeah. I mean, how, how the, the fuck is that okay? Criminals can lower their sentences if they donate their bone marrow and their organs. <laughs> <laughs> Organ harvesting really? live and well. Oh yeah, look into it. Like Dude. that's a new thing that they just passed. And it's but what I'm saying is like look at like a video from like Martin Luther King talking and like all the black people were wearing suits, like their family unit units were together. And that was before the super hardcore pushing of social engineering, like, oh, you know, everyone's racist, blah, blah, blah. If you just let people be, they thrive. 
if the government let us be, we would thrive. Because the you know they say that oh so much progress has happened, but on literally every single metric, the minorities in this country are doing way worse. Whether it's the family units, whether whether it's the educational scores, so something ain't working right now. All right, maybe things were better back then, and it's like I hate to say back then. I hate to say like a return to something because what we need is something new, something that just works. Because obviously that stuff didn't work back then either, because racism was still prevalent, and then it turned us into the society we have today where we're more divided than ever. So it's like we need to not just return to something that was there before, but have it be something new that values like the sort of archetypal idea of tradition. Yeah, no, I think that, and if you really think about it, racism wasn't that long ago. Yeah, it, it really wasn't. I mean, it was what one person's lifetime ago that mm -hmm. they were my grand, my great grandma was born in the 1930s. She's still around. So, I mean, she lived through all that and well, I mean, I'm Puerto Rico. She lives in Puerto Rico, but I'm saying that that for anybody who's still there's people still alive from that era, whatever they're and they're. I mean, the town that I live in, dude. I mean, some people are racist as fuck still. Like, well, what could really bind us is just having like spirituality that we all agree in. Because at that point, if we're all on the same page with that, like a white person will see a bunch of Latin Americans going to church and be like, "Man, I love these Latinos. Like they're so like spiritual and family oriented. Like, that's I love all these black through. people. They're great. Yeah, they're so wonderful." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I hate it when Republicans say that shit. But um, that's the only thing that's really gonna bind us. Because what's our religion now? The religion of like Dr. Fauci. Like, how is that gonna come? Like, whatever happened you know? to that guy? I feel like he's in hiding right now. I mean, he—I don't see him at all anymore. And it's that, like, because if things get real bad, man, it's like people are gonna have to like hang Albert Borla, the CEO of Pfizer. People are gonna have to like do something. And I have this idea, like, what if mm. they feed us these people? They feed them to the masses. <laughs> to make us think that everything's okay. We've dealt with the problem, but then the real people behind the scenes are still pulling the strings. I don't think that's going to happen. And, and, and it might, I mean, it might happen where they, they need a scapegoat and maybe that's part of the ritual where they, they, and the, the whole scapegoat is you give what you sacrifice one and then you give one up and you let them go. And I think maybe that's, that's, um, uh, Part, part of this i mean dude it worked with jeffrey epstein it got people to like stop questioning that and like they indicted galaine maxwell and she was the first person to get in trouble for pimping out you know prostitutes and nobody and people just accept it that was one of like the craziest things where we all know it's bullshit but then we all don't do anything about it yeah you know what i mean like and and that's that shows you right then and there that it's going to continue to be the way that it is. And I'm not trying to be like doing good, like, oh, there's nothing that we can do. I think there is a lot we can do. If we're able to, how you say, shift the way we think. Now, if that's through religion, if that's through culture, if that's through whatever, I don't have the answer to that, uh, to be 100%. I don't think that anyone has the answer. I think that throughout history, there's always been, this is the end of the world type of thinking always there's always been something some event during in 2020 we thought the world was gonna end bro we yeah. thought we were scared you know for like the first few months we were seeing the videos of people dropping like oh shit this is for real this is serious and then you knew someone who knew somebody who had gotten it and they were like really bad and you're like damn this is crazy well they were probably saying the same thing in 1929 when the when the stock market crashed and people were killing themselves and there was no money and people were literally starving to death, 
there was cannibalism during I forgot what the the I think it was during the fifties in Russia or Germany. At one of those times where like they were literally selling human meat on markets because people were starving to death. And I have to look up exactly which which event that was in history, but I think that this is always going to be a thing. And, and and now our thing is, what's our thing now? <laughs> the core has stopped spinning. <laughs> yeah. like, isn't it so funny how like the media, they, they act like that, like during COVID, they always act so urgent, so hysterical, yeah. but so effective. Like they made it sound like if you didn't get the vaccine, you're just going to die. Mm-hmm. Like no questions asked. And every, almost everyone fell for it because it's like it's insane, which makes it very easy to see through if you're in the know. But then it also makes it very effective if you're just not in the know. And, dude, I mean, I've had a bunch of people reach out to me that regretted it. Right. Taking yeah, it. I've, I've had friends and had friends and family like, oh, why don't you stop me? I'm like, you were the one that literally told me I was a lost cause yeah. that I was i was gonna die right that, that was the whole thing oh you're gonna die you're so selfish like that reverse psychology that they were using that programming by trauma like oh well look at so and so they were they went to the hospital they almost died. i was like yeah he's fucking 500 pounds bro you know what I'm like the guy that was the least of his worries and it's just piled on top of that but yeah man and i and i think i thought that this narrative since it crumbled and people were like oh wait they literally sold us something that that was just bogus. It was they're a placebo, or they were just it was just a money grab. I thought that would wake people up. There's still some people buying the narrative, bro, and that's why I say like it's not even your job to try and turn them. It's just just let nature take its course, right? Survival of the fittest, and eventually it's gonna come to light in some form. Of, and for some people, it might be too late, bro. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like it might come too late. And some people, how they've always told us, learn the hard way. Mm-hmm. And that's just the way that reality works. I mean, you can't turn everybody, right? You can't. Yeah. I mean, with this um, Darwinian thing that's going on, it's like maybe in the future, we're going to have a bunch of people who have really good pattern recognition because those mm-hmm. are the people that survived all the psyops. And it kind of reminds me of like, you know, I've noticed lately, like all these people that have been banned off of all these platforms, they're the ones who are like the best live streamers. They're the ones who like have their own like little communities and apps where people just pay them directly. And it's like, wow, it seems like them getting banned just made them even better. Like us being ostracized just makes us even better. Like we're going to go on and like fulfill our genes probably. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. No, yeah. And I, and, I, and I agree with you. I think that once you're able to adapt and that's the beautiful thing about podcasting that it's people need to understand that it's uncensorable as long as you have a podcasting 2.0 app they can't they can de-platform you they can take you off with spotify or google whatever but they can't take it's always going to be there and i don't know how much longer that's going to last but because i don't know if you heard this conspiracy a lot of people are talking about it saying that they're going to shut down the internet for like a week and then it's going to come back on and it's going to be way more like censored than it was before. <laughs> Have you been hearing this from like a solar flare coming? Because we had the Carrington event in the 1800s, which wiped out all the little bit of electricity that we had. Yeah, look at the Carrington event. And people are saying, you know, things happen in cycles. It's actually called isometric analysis, where you look at certain patterns in history, how they come back up again, just like the pandemic. Every 100 years, it seems like we have some sort of wide scale pandemic. And it's yes. And it's the same thing with this Carrington event where we're due for a wide-scale solar flare, a coronal mass ejection. 
that'll just wipe out everything. Yeah. How much technology do we have in 1850? I know that's the thing that there wasn't <laughs> much, but it knocked it all out. And scientists will say, you know, I don't know if we can trust scientists these days, but they say that like a solar flare would knock out all of our electricity. This is more fear porn, bro. I think I don't think, and that, and I was literally talking to somebody about this the other day where when they talk about the whole 5 billion years and all this stuff and the big bang was the big bang was made by a, a some priest at the Vatican I believe and I think it's part of making you feel smaller than you actually are right by you're just a speck of dust in the middle of nothing I'm not saying that space is fake I believe that it's not what we've been led to believe it is I think that it's it's something much different and there that's what they're holding back from us and I and also I believe that we should be looking at the bottom of our oceans more than anything for other Dude. realities or something I mean if you we you, were, you talk you talked about Jelaine and or J, I call her Jislaine is that, is that right or not I used to call her Jislaine too and then I stopped doing that so yeah now I know so Jislaine and all those guys they they had submarine licenses yes and yep Epstein's Island had a docking bay for the submarine yeah, dude. And one of the clips that I did with a buddy of mine, it I think it's got like a hundred thousand clicks now. People were making fun of us because we we're talking about how maybe perhaps there's the tunnels down there, dude. I made a video. I got seventy thousand views off it, talking about how there's tunnels on Little Saint James. Yeah, dude. It's it's the it's the esoteric that we got to be worried about, not the exoteric bullshit that they put out. And I want to see the hundred and two thousand views, bro. And I want to see what. I want to see those submarine logs. That's what I want to see. And yeah, I mean, we have pictures of Stephen Hawking on that submarine with Ghislaine Maxwell. So we got that picture evidence there. Look it up, Stephen Hawking and Ghislaine Maxwell on her submarine. Um, she was a part of the Terra Mar project, Ghislaine yeah. Maxwell, which was exploring the oceans and all that stuff. Uh, yeah, and then like we see all these like corridors opening on Little St. James that actually lead to little sections that are underground. So now we ask the question, like, how far do those go? Not only that, but someone snuck onto Little St. James and they looked through the window and he's like, yeah, I saw a little trap door in the middle that looked like it led to underground. And not only that, but there were little rings surrounding the temple on Little St. James. And I connected that in my video to rings that construction guys use where they hook that to chains, these giant cement blocks when they're laying down pieces of like tunnels and stuff that are underground. And we can see those rings all around the temple. Now, the answer to that is like maybe those rings were set in place to keep the roof from falling off. So it was like connected by rope during those like high windstorms that that area suffers from. So but who knows? So you think they had Stephen Hawking slinging dick on Epstein Island? <laughs> I, yeah, I can see it. I mean, that dude, he gets around. I mean, he's hooked up. He had a wife and then left her for somebody else like the nurse. What? Dude, there was a whole group of girls that were like drooling over Stephen Hawking. It doesn't matter who you are. If you're a man with some level of influence, you're going to have girls having crushes on you. That prestige, bro. Damn. He was pulling. Yeah. Uh, he was not an incel, guys. Wait, is that a young Stephen Hawking? Is that what he looked like? Yeah, because he used to be able to walk around on crutches a little bit. And his wife's not bad looking. He, I mean, he wasn't a bad-looking guy either. I mean, in in his prime, what what yeah. was the disease that he had? What what kind of condition did he have? Man, I forget. But I mean, maybe his dick could work. It seems like it could. 
Yeah, yeah, damn, bro. This dude was was slaying that poon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I think that the the this reality that we live in, it's like how Tripoli says it's a haunted house. Maybe some people are here for texture and just uh, as a decoration on the wall or something. I don't know. Yeah, but, I go on a hall of mirrors because it like you think the reality will be one way and it shows you back a distortion and you think the distortion is real. Yeah, yeah. And you start to accept that reality. That then that's some people's perception. And perception is the most one of the most important things because how you're saying they look in the mirror, they start seeing that warped perception, that warped image of themselves, and they start to accept that as themselves. When in reality, I think everyone's beautiful, bro. I think we should begin with to 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 end this on like a high note, right? And because we've talked a lot about a lot of dark things. Just love each other, right? Love each other. Don't be a piece of shit treat everybody equally and that's my philosophy man as long as you respect me i respect you and as long as we can have a good a civilized conversation it's all yeah. good that's you why know? it's so important to understand like we all come from god we all come from source and we're just in these like temporary material bodies that's that we that's we should all understand at the end of the day you have any uh concluding thoughts that you want to share and leave the people with bro man just subscribe to my youtube channel brett lewis obviously and I would say that the power is always inside you. Like you can get to a certain level where like, you know, they say you're the sum of the five people that you're around. But remember, Jesus hung out with prostitutes. That doesn't mean that Jesus was a prostitute. Like you can get yourself to a level where not even they affect you because we are in this world, but not of it. Nice. Jesus was not a prostitute, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Keep that in mind. <laughs> so send me your links, bro. I'll post those in the description. This was fun. We'll do it again soon. And make sure to follow me on social media at the Hold On Podcast, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, whatever. I'm everywhere. Main account is on Instagram. Check me out. If you're listening to this on YouTube, make sure to give it a thumbs up, subscribe, share the episode. I mean, if you're not going to, this is a value for value show. I do have the occultist monday a comic book i do have a patreon patreon.com slash one on podcast and if you're not going to do any of the other stuff at least share the show with somebody and spread the word leave us a five-star review anywhere you're listening to it and as always see you guys on the other side mm -hmm.